0: Hey everyone, this is Tim Harris. I'm the pastor of Woodburn Baptist Church and this is our weekly podcast. Hope it encourages you. Hope it makes you want to be closer to Jesus and more like Him. Hope you enjoy this sermon. And if you want to know more about us, find us online at woodburnbaptist.org. Once more, good morning everybody. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. I recognize that some of you didn't know the story of the uh, youth and music guy who didn't wear socks. So just, you, you don't have to know the whole story, but let me just show you how that turned out, y'all. Check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. S- Scott and I didn't even talk. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, yeah, if Miss Mally were here, I'd walk on her table too and just show y'all uh, exactly how it works. Um, yeah, y'all have taught me a lot of things, but you didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't teach me hosiery. Uh, for sure Uh, but I've learned so many good things from this congregation I'm blessed uh, not just to be your pastor but to be a child a son of this congregation you have taught me to love the Lord you have taught me to love the word Uh, I've always believed that good listeners make good preachers and you have listened to me into being a better preacher every Sunday and I thank you for that so much I've learned generosity from you I've just learned kindness from you uh, I am forever uh, marked and influenced and blessed to be uh, a, a man of Woodburn Baptist Church. I love you guys so much. Um, Luke chapter 15, there are definitely many, many things that we have to celebrate today, and I want to talk about the things that perhaps only happen here at Woodburn. Um, there are some things that only seem to happen in movies, I would say that. I like movies. I watch a lot of movies. Um, if you watch movies too, you've probably caught on that some things just happen in movies. You know, for example, if in a movie you've got a very plain or even ugly girl, all she has to do is take her glasses off, you know, and rearrange her hair. And she's like, all of a sudden, beautiful, you know, she's a princess, you know. Uh, same thing with Superman, same way. He's got his glasses on, you know, but then he takes his glasses off. He's like, whoa, Superman. Uh, that's just in movies, you guys, if you don't know that. that. That's not real life. In movies, you can be sitting in your bedroom, turn out all the lights, At night, and you can still see everything perfectly clearly, but it'll all be blue. You know, in movies, just in movies. In movies, if there's a bomb, conveniently, there will always be a large red countdown timer so that everybody knows exactly how many seconds are left before the world ends. You know, that's only in movies. I don't really think bombs work that way. Also, in movies, if you're in your high school, you can start singing and dancing in the hallways and everybody will jump in. Everybody will join you. (laughs) Yeah, you should know that's just in movies. That's not going to work that way at your high school. I, I promise you that. Some things only happen in movies. And I would say some things only happen at Woodburn, Woodburn Baptist Church, this church. As a person who spent most of his life here, I think I'm qualified to speak to this, but also I may not be, because this is really the only church I've known most of my life. I, I can't say what happens in other churches. I've never been really in another church. I've never pastored another church. This is it Woodburn your home. So yeah, I know a lot of things that have happened here. I can't really say whether or not they happen other places. I haven't been that many other places, but I can tell you some things that I bet only happen here. In 1929, genuine revival. I don't mean just a series of meetings. In 1929, Woodburn Baptist Church had a genuine revival that went on for weeks. It just kept going. Now, I know you're thinking, yeah, but Pastor, way back in that day, you know, you know, we're busy now. People are busy these days, and we couldn't do that. Yeah, you really think you're busier than your great-great-grandmother? She had to make her own soap. I mean, she did. Their lives were much harder. They had much more work to do, and, and if their work didn't get done, there were things that just could not have happened. Don't tell me that, you know, you're busier. You just watched a whole season of Gilmore Girls last week. I mean... No, 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 it's not busyness that sets us apart from our parents in the faith, parents in the church. The second week of that revival, they made a pledge together, the church members, they all said, listen, in between revival services, we'll read our Bibles. And that second week, they promised to read the entire Gospel of John, the entire book of Acts, and all of Paul's letters, 1st and Second Corinthians, First and Second Thessalonians, they read most of the New Testament when they weren't in church. Any wonder why there was real revival in 1929? Yeah, I love that. I love the way this church loves the word. I love that. In the Great Depression, Woodburn Baptist Church called a special business meeting to discuss finances. Times were really hard. And Woodburn was a missions-giving church, but times were really hard. They gathered to talk about their missions-giving in a time of incredible financial hardship. Y'all know what they did? In the middle of the Great Depression, Woodburn Baptist Church talked about how hard times were and then decided to double their missions giving. In the Depression, they doubled it. That's not how most churches would calculate finances. When times are hard, you cut back, but that's what Woodburn said. Other people, they're going to be likely cutting back, but let's double up. That that kind of generosity, I, I, I love that. If you've raised children in this congregation, this church family in the last 25 years or so, probably I would say this happened in your house and only because of Woodburn. At some point uh, at a regular supper table, again, if your kids have come to our church for any amount of time, in a regular meal at your house, you had a kid at your table take bread and lift it up high in the air like this. You know, it may have been a ham sandwich. You know, if they pick it up, tear it like this. Why'd they do that? Lord's Supper, it's how we do the Lord's Supper here. Your kids see that. They've been breaking bread in the air now for their whole life, yeah. But because of Woodburn. Yeah, there's one thing I guarantee you only happened here. This happened probably, I don't know, early, t- t- right around 2000. It happened in this room, so I know it was after the year 2000. On a Sunday morning, a man in our congregation was bitten on the arm by a live kangaroo. It drew blood. Yeah, in this house, in this church. I was here. Anybody else remember that day? Well, Chip, you look so puzzled. Yeah, he lived. Dude, he lived. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you. I have to tell you. That's a real story. I'll have to tell you all that story in a little bit. I'm just saying there are certain things that only happen at Woodburn. Kangaroos and uh, uh, doubling the missions giving. Some things that are unique to us, and I think we have a lot to celebrate, a lot to praise God for, but I just want to call you back to Scripture today, to Luke chapter 15, and let us remind one another the one thing most worth celebrating. Luke chapter 15, verse 1, you there? Read it with me. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it and when he has found it he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders and when he arrives he will call together his friends and neighbors saying rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep in the same way There's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. We celebrate today, but the scripture tells us that occasionally heaven celebrates. They don't celebrate everything we celebrate, but they celebrate. Jesus tells this story in the context of Luke chapter 15. If you've not reviewed the whole chapter, just while your Bible's open, take a look at it. Three of the most famous parables ever are right here together. Jesus tells them specifically to these Pharisees and teachers of religious law who are complaining because that's what they do, that they complain. They complain that Jesus is doing it the wrong way. Jesus is associating with sinners Eating with them, they can't stand that. So Jesus tells them not just this one story, not just two stories. Jesus tells them three stories, three in a row. One sermon, three stories. The stories all have the same pattern. Something is lost. There is followed a great search Something is found, and then a great celebration. Three times, three stories, same pattern. Something is lost, there's a search. Something is found, great celebration. Understand, the celebration is the point. Because it's the celebrating that the Pharisees and religious crowd just can't do. They just don't seem to know what's worth celebrating. Honestly. In Jesus' day, the Pharisees had a saying. You know what they said? The Pharisees used to say, there is joy in the presence of God whenever a sinner perishes from the earth. That's what they said. There is joy in the presence of God whenever a sinner perishes from the earth. That's insane. That's what they said. So Jesus tells him a story about what's worth celebrating. Jesus says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Will he not leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? (laughs) Jesus says that like that's so obvious. And if that's obvious, then let me tell you, there must also be some things that only happen in the Bible because that doesn't seem that obvious to me. When Jesus says, you know, won't he leave the 99 and and go find the one, would he? I mean, honestly, would he? Would a shepherd do that? Because that sounds like something that would only happen in the Bible. You got a shepherd who has 99 sheep all safe in the pen and you got one crazy sheep that's wandered off, would he really leave the 99, just leave them, go off, wherever he's got to go, find the one, and then come back? Because I'm telling you, when he comes back with the one where he left 99, now he's only going to have 62. You're going to lose 33 while you're gone. So now he's got to leave the 62 and go look, you know, for the 33 out of here. I mean, you know how this works? Jesus says, would he not just leave the 99 and go find the one? I'm not so sure. I don't think that makes sense. I don't know a lot. I don't really know how sheep work, but that doesn't make sense. Something tells me that Jesus is talking about a different kind of flock. A different kind of shepherd. Kind of like when Jesus himself says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. I call, you know what I'm saying? I think Jesus is talking about a different kind of sheep, a different kind of shepherd. And we are his flock. We are his sheep. So Jesus says, uh man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost what will he do won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the others the one that is lost until he finds it when he's found it joyfully carried home on his shoulders when he arrives he'll call together his friends and neighbors saying rejoice with me a couple were sitting in church one sunday a man looked down in the middle of church let's look down his wedding band was gone he panicked you know I would die. You know, this ring hasn't left my finger in 35 years. You know, I, I would, I would die if I looked down and it was gone. He just looked down his ring was gone. His heart just sank, you know. So he, he elbowed his wife and just showed her his hand and she did too. She just panicked and, oh my goodness, where's your ring? So the church is still happening, but they, they're not happening with it anymore. They're just like, where's this ring? Where is this ring? And so as soon as church was over, they grabbed the baby from the nursery and went out to the car. And they just, I mean, he's driving home in a panic. She's looking through the car. They get into the driveway. They start looking through the car. I don't even know if they ate lunch because they became so focused on finding his wedding band. Where could it be? They took the car apart. They go in the house. She sweeps the floor very carefully. And They just start turning over everything, looking under couch cushions, looking everywhere. It crosses his mind that maybe it went down the drain when he was shaving in the sink, the bathroom sink. So he gets his tools, and he takes the bathroom sink apart. It was not in the drain pipe. I mean, this ring was nowhere. Finally, late in the afternoon, Mama was putting the baby back down in the bassinet, and she looked down, and his ring was in the bassinet. It's like somehow in that morning when he went to get the baby out in the first place, he must have lost his ring. All I'm saying is, in a household like that, things get lost all the time. Don't you lose things all the time? I mean, every time we empty the dryer, there's a sock missing, but we don't fall apart, you know? We don't cancel our plans, it's just a sock, you know? I don't wear them anyway. (laughs) You don't shut everything down every time you lose something, you know? But it depends on the value you place on what's lost. And this is the point of Jesus' story. And honestly, this should be the point of our celebration today. What you celebrate has everything to do with what you value. And this passage is intended to remind us what is valuable. In in heaven's economy, in Jesus' way of looking at the world, what really matters. And as it turns out, what matters more than anything else, more than anything in the whole world, is the soul. One. Single soul. Matters more than anything else. If a man had 99 sheep and one was missing, would he not leave them and go look for the one? But he's got 99. You know, you and I should relate to the 99 because we are the 99. We are the 99 sheep, safe and secure in the pen. We're all in our place and we're good sheep. It would not even cross our minds to wander. We ain't leaving this pen, you know? What kind of idiot sheep just wanders off? We don't wander. We don't miss. We are always in our place. We are the 99. You got 99 good sheep. I'm telling you, you can have yourself a Baptist church. 99 or more. I mean, I'm telling you, that's the church right there. And the 99 of us together, we can have a really wonderful time. Not just that. If we stick around, we can have a good life together. I mean, life together. Our kids will grow up together. Won't that be amazing? Won't that be just wonderful? You'll give your kids hand-me-downs to my kid. We never bought clothes in this church. Our kid wore Spencer Jenkins' clothes. We never bought clothes until we moved to Louisville. All of a sudden, it's like, Where are we going? what are we going to wear? What's our kid going to wear? And I'm telling you, you just grow up in a church. You, you have your church friends. It's an amazing thing taught us everything. Me and Casey, you taught us how to cook. You taught me how to change oil in a car. This of I mean, these has taught me everything. I love you all. I love everything we do. I love our life. I love sending kids to camp in the summer. I love vacation Bible school. Bible school Kool-Aid is the only place Kool-Aid tastes good. But oh my goodness, Kool-Aid and cookies at Bible school, that's the best snacks you'll ever have. It's Bible school. I love Bible school. I love Sunday mornings. I love every song we sing because I don't care about the music. I love the Lord and I love you. Just sing them all as far as I'm concerned. I just love being with you. I get here early on Sunday morning. I'm here at seven o'clock most Sunday mornings. I'm not the first one here, but I'm usually the last one to leave. I'm usually the last one to leave, which means I turn out all the lights. I turn out the ladies' restroom light. It is the most terrifying thing I do every week. Because I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to walk in on your mama, you know, in the, in, the, in the bathroom. So I'll knock. Like I'm the only one. This whole church is dark, but I'll just knock. Like, hello. And I still don't open the door. I'm not going, I am not going in there. Although I do know it's nice in there. It's a whole lot nicer than the men's room. I have noticed that. Y'all got potpourri and like fancy lights. You know, there are crack houses with better bathrooms than our men are going to. But man, y'all got, man, a ladies' restroom is nice, but I ain't going in there. I just crack the door and reach in and just like, you know, get the get lights. But I do that. Y'all can help me out if the last one out would just turn the lights out, you know, Sundays. Make, make that a part of your plan. I love this church. I love everything about this church. We're the 99. And it's easy to fall in love with each other and start to think that it's all about us. And there are moments in our church's history when we are tempted to think it's about us, that it's about these things, our being together, our kids growing up, the carpet, the building, the food, the songs. None of this is why we're here. The 99 aren't here so that we can have ourselves a good life together, so that we can put on a music show, the potluck. I'm telling you, we may celebrate many things today and they're good things and they're worth celebrating. My heart is glad today, I promise. But be careful, we can forget the only one thing that we're here for, and it's not about us. It's not for the 99. The shepherd always, always has a heart that's going out after the one. We're not here for us. We're here for the lost. We're here for the ones that aren't here. Everything we do is for them. If we forget that, we have forgotten the only reason God has planted our church here in the first place. It's for the lost. The only thing with real value is a person's soul. Pastor started a new habit. He didn't mean to start a new habit. He just one day on his way to church on Sunday morning, he stopped in Minute Mart and got coffee. Coffee wasn't good, but it was cheap. So he started getting coffee every Sunday morning at the same Minute Mart. And if you go to the same place same time, every week, you'll end up seeing the same people. And that's what happened. He ended up buying his coffee from the lady behind the register. The minute Mart Sunday morning, you know, lady who's the cashier. I say lady, this was a rough girl covered with tattoos. Rough girl. She was not nice, was not friendly until you got to know her. There was a Muslim man named Muhammad who Sunday after Sunday became the pastor's very first Muslim friend in minute Mart. And there was an older man named Stu, and Stu was just that guy that hung out at Minute Mart Sunday, Monday, Tuesday went. I mean, Stu was always at Minute Mart. Stu was the hard luck guy that everything had happened to. That was just Stu. If it was going to happen, it happened to Stu. So the pastor was stopping in. It kind of became a habit every single Sunday, and he'd buy his coffee from the lady with the tattoos, and Muhammad, the only Muslim man in town, and Stu, who always had something to say, and that became Sunday. They talked, and before long, they just sort of started accepting the pastor. He was one of the faces they'd all see every single Sunday. They started hitting it off. The tattooed lady became a little friendlier. Muhammad became a really interesting man, and the Stu started kind of opening up to the pastor. One day, Stu said, Pastor, I got a problem. Can you help me? Pastor said, I'll do my best. I'll do anything in the world I can for you. So I, I got a problem. I got these born-again Christians in my life. And they keep trying to talk to me about Jesus to make me become a born-again Christian. How can I get them off my back? You know, like, what's the pastor supposed to say to that? Pastor thought about it. He kind of chuckled to himself, and he said, tell you what, Stu, tell tell those Christians that you're not interested in a conversation right now, but if they want to pray for you, that'd be okay. Stu said, oh, that's good, that's good. That's what he told him. I don't want a conversation with you, but if you feel led to pray for me, you can pray. One Sunday, Pastor walked in a minute, Mark, and uh, was at the coffee machine getting his coffee. Stu had followed him all the way back to the machine. Stu's talking, being himself. And Stu said, hey, preacher, what are you you going to talk about today? Pastor just said, well, uh, today I'm talking uh, about Jesus, uh, the the good shepherd and the lost sheep. And Stu just looked back at the pastor and just out of the blue said, I'm a lost sheep. I'm a lost sheep. Do you know any lost sheep? Do you? Do you know any lost sheep? Because they or why we are here. There may be many, many things we could celebrate out of our church's history. Many great moments in the past. Many great glad parts of our life together. But the scripture says that there's only one thing that could happen down here with us that would be so great in heaven's eyes that heaven joins the celebration. Heaven's not necessarily celebrating our 156 years. In the scope of eternity, that's not a really impressive span of time. The fact that I've been your pastor 26 years with or without hosiery, heaven doesn't care. There were good pastors before me. There'll be good pastors after me. It's not what we celebrate. Oh, we can switch up the music. We can have a potluck. We can do all sorts of things. And all of these things are good things. But there's only one thing that we could do down here today that would cause all of heaven to join the celebration. Do you know what that is? One lost person comes home to the shepherd because of us. All of heaven. We'll join the celebration then. Of all the things to celebrate at Woodburn, let's just make sure that we remember that the greatest thing ever, the lost folks that have come to know Jesus in this house, in this church. Remember that and remember that you were once the lost sheep. You were the lost one once. You should remember that. You should always try to remember where you were when the shepherd found you. You should remember with gratitude all those people who pointed you to the shepherd and carried you and helped you uh, get on your feet. You should remember them with lots of gratitude and you should do for others what they have done for you. We've been here 156 years. My brain can't even wrap around the number. Lots of things to celebrate. Lord knows. And Lord knows. There's nothing in the world worth celebrating like one soul coming to Jesus. I pray it happens today. Maybe you're the one. Pray with me.